2: This is Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. The ultimatum, Queer Love, ran on Netflix earlier this year, a dating show with plenty of lesbian and queer drama. Everyone was hooked. Tiff Durr was a contestant, and in this episode of Pod Diva, they talked to deputy editor Nick Rosara about their non-binary identity – the impact of the show on the LGBTQIA community and life after the ultimatum, accompanied, of course, by their hero dog, Shiloh. And when you finish listening to this podcast, take a look at our extensive Pod Diva archive with over 100 original interviews to explore. Then go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear more about all things LGBTQIA+. Pod Diva. Oh, you have a cat. Amazing.
3: Yeah.
4: So
3: you're a cat and dog person.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Stormy. She's a little hurricane rescue. <laughs> Adorable. There's Shiloh. <laughs> oh my gosh, my hero. <laughs> oh, yeah, your hero. this girl don't even know she's famous. She has no idea. <laughs> That's Shiloh. She's good. She's almost 14, but she still jogs and runs.
3: <laughs> um as you know, we absolutely like binged this show. It was great to see LGBTQIA people gush about it, but also straight people too. It opened up like a lot of great conversations. What do you hope that audiences of all backgrounds take away from the show
4: i hope that this show serves as a gap between just all walks of life so other people can see that we're just not that much different than everyone else and that there's way more that unites us than divides we love the same we cry the same we shed tears the same we have breakups you know it's very similar and there's yeah there's tiny tiny little nuances that separate us I think if you had a person that um, may have just listened to the entire show, there wasn't necessarily a voice box that were for the most part different from a signed woman at birth and a signed male at birth. I think that they would have just assumed that it was a straight cis show. Definitely,
3: <laughs> the show was very well received, and then like some viewers commented on how there wasn't like a like a hotline featured, like a domestic abuse hotline. What do you think, like the production team can learn from this season going forward?
4: Yeah, I definitely think there should via dv hotline on there definitely i asked production actually a few days prior because i knew that you know it just dawned on me and i asked and they're like i don't think so but i'll check i think they definitely could have done better on that when it came to pronouns it's it's a long story but if i can put it together I, i don't think that they netflix did anything intentionally when it came to pronouns at the time of filming i did go by she they. But I also noticed very, very quickly that no one really tried even with they. My preferred pronouns always have always been they, them, but I did have this time period in my life where I felt shame to a sense where I didn't want anyone to have to change anything or have to feel slightly uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, sure, they could see me as non-binary, but as far as I didn't want them to have to necessarily change their language around me because I didn't want to like, make anyone feel like that so I comfortably went by she they for about four years um and then I just noticed right on set as everything's happening and we're filming I'm like hmm so this is now going to be displayed to millions of people I was the only non-binary person on the show and I'm like well, wow, I'm the only non-binary representing person on the show. You're like, no one's really even trying using they and not even my own partner. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So then it also became like the other moving piece is that production didn't even, I guess I filled in my application that I was non-binary. And yes, even my license says I'm non-binary, my driver's license. But not even until about three weeks into production did Production, even though I was non binary. So, we're also dealing with that. And this includes other castmates because I didn't really make that my focal thing, you know? Um, Other than Sam, my partner, Mildred, yeah, no one knew. And I know Mal also goes, I don't know what they identify as, but I do know they do go by she and they. Xander also goes by she and they. At the time period, everyone went by she. And I was the only one that went by she, they. They didn't even know that was the only non-binary person by week three. By then, everyone's trying to unlearn it. So what you see on the edit and everything going through is that 95% of the time, you hear me being referred as she. 100% of the time, you see everyone referred Xander as she and Mal as she. I feel like if they would have put pronouns in, it's a moving piece because pronouns what they identified as to now are different. And if they would have put pronouns in and said, hey, Tiff goes by she, Xander goes by she, they, I think it may have would have confused people even more because you just don't see it happening in the show. I feel like it would have confused people because then it, instead of people shitting on Netflix, then all of a sudden, if you see Tiff go by they and no one in the show is saying it except for me, Sam here and there, and then Mildred here and there. I feel like everyone would have shit on the cast and been like, why aren't you calling Tiff by their pronouns? So it's just an interesting dynamic. I don't know what maybe you thought about it. What did you think about it?
3: And I didn't at the time realize like how long ago
4: it was filmed. They're definitely willing to learn. They're not like naive to it, right? We were in production back to back from season one, which is a straight season. So, you know, there's scenes where it's like half the cast is split off. I think it was like episode three or four of one cast is that like this nightclub and then it was like, me, Lexi, and Vanessa, like, you know, that whole finger banging thing. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because this is where they learn for that filming. We get a schedule every day. And I got text messaged. um, Hey, you know, tonight, 7pm, get ready for what's called our girls night out. So we kind of like told the people like, you know, we kind of came together and we're like, hey, I think that if you label this as girls night out, like, the non-binary community may very well be upset about this. So as you see, like, they did take that very much into consideration. And then that's why you see, I think it's called "Groups sign out of "Friends sign out. So they did, like, totally see it from that viewpoint. So there's a lot of things that they did, like, take very much into consideration. There was a time period after the show aired. Long story short, Netflix messed up on my pronouns. I spoke up about it. They made, like, a public post about it on like Contoto Netflix or something like a promo video and they messed up my pronouns I immediately reached out to Netflix Netflix found who was in charge of something and within 20 minutes they took down the video I think we can all grow I don't think anything that they're doing is like in- intentional so I, I see for both sides
3: like abuse in queer relationships is like so rarely talked about and it can be like wrongly viewed as something that only happens in straight couples. I imagine a lot of people felt seen in your experience being in the public eye. I imagine you've had like lots of messages from LGBTQA people who have, who are also survivors of abuse.
4: I will say this healing is not a linear process. And when we're dealing with emotional and physical abuse, it's definitely not a linear process. And I have currently witnessing that right now. Um, when you think that you could be over something when it splits wide open and the whole world sees it and they get thousands of dms and messages saying that i've gone through a similar situation or even sometimes negative like why couldn't you just man up and just deal with it like things like that you know like i would say 90 percent of it's positive but occasionally like yeah i do get something negative when it gets busted wide open into the world like in a time capsule you realize that um definitely not a linear process that's for sure it's for sure and it's just made me see like survivors in a whole different way you know
3: i know that you're like an avid reader has been like a book that's helped you
4: there's a one book called welcome home and it's all about rebuilding yourself whatever the breaking the habit of like codependency and building that structure and that whole foundation within yourself and even though you think you have it right like i'm a confident person i'm xyz xyz i was absolutely broken afterwards and i didn't even have feelings for the woman anymore and i was still broken um yeah well i there's a book welcome home i definitely recommend of just building yourself back
3: i know you shared your, your youtube video like sharing your side of the story or something. what was it like having to wait so long to address it if that makes sense
4: I mean, I definitely had a long time to wait to address it, but you know, in all fairness, Mildred had to wait for the world to see her side of the story too. So I think really there was only like a, a four day time period <laughs> where people didn't know my side of the story. If you think about it, you know, yeah, I mean, it was a little painful to make. I did it for two reasons. Um, one reason being, there's a pattern with people who do suffer or heal from. You know what my version is, I'm not diagnosing anyone, but what my version is of narcissistic abuse is that and you even see it in the TV show too. It's it's funny how it actually shows in the TV show how I'm always trying and trying and trying, and I'm trying harder. And you see that with the scene where I'm like at the hot tub with Mildred and we're like expressing our hearts out, like and she was like, No matter what I did or anything, like you always came back at my doorstep. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. There's this need. Years later, you're conditioned in a way that you feel like you still have to prove yourself. And now it's opened up to the world, right? Not just your friends and family that uh, this person said bad things to you about. So part of me is it's going off of instinct when I made that video. But honestly, about 90% of the reason why I made it is for people who have been in a similar situation as me can also have a voice and feel heard and feel seen because a lot of people don't have that voice to speak up against a particular situation in their life, with no matter what they say or do, that no one will believe them because their manipulator or abuser has that much power over them. And I knew this was definitely a unique opportunity because when I laid it out and also laid some you know receipts out that are at least that I can legally, let's say, put out to public, because here in California, you cannot put out any text messages, any audio, any videos, like it, it's without anyone's consent here. So I'm like, well, what receipts do I have that are like valid, you know? I mean, yeah, sure. We all have our problems and difficulties in life and X, Y, Z. Everyone has things they need to work on, but ours just so happens to be on camera. So it's a little bit more like obvious, <laughs> but I definitely felt like I... I leverage that in a good way to help people have a sense of hope that have been in a similar situation than me, to feel definitely seen because it's a very nuanced, like kind of thing that doesn't get talked about a lot enough, especially in queer culture, queer communities, um, especially DV and queer communities. Um, you know, I heard a lot of feedback and many people said if Mildred was a straight man and I was a woman the reunion could be handled very differently or perhaps maybe she weren't even too allowed to be on stage I never even thought of it like that until after it aired
3: my favorite parts of your journey on the show was your trial marriage with uh Sam it was just really nice yeah. to see how you like both learned how to communicate with each other are you still they might to ask if you're like still friends
4: yeah yeah we're still friends we still talk I'm in a like thread, a text thread with her and Aussie. And she's one of those people that I could not say a word to for like a month. And then all of a sudden I talk to her and it's like, we pick up, we get each other. We definitely have a good soul connection. We know that our heart and intentions are in a very, very good place. Still like a no judgment zone. I can talk to her literally about anything. And she's like... (laughs) Cool. what else you got you know <laughs> that's how she's always been I'm just so glad that we like to a really good friendship
3: amazing are you able to tell us what your what your love life currently looks
4: like Um, I'm dating right now but as far as like who I'm gonna um keep that private for now dating again right after Mildred I started dating again and then I realized very quickly within a month or so I'm like hold on I need a lot to heal I need a lot to work on for about seven, eight months, it definitely was like a journey just by myself. And I needed to heal everything that I didn't realize I needed to heal, you know, post Mildred. And it was very weird dating before the show came out. Because like, technically, you're not allowed to say anything, you know. But then it's like, how do I share this part of my life? But not. And it, it was really weird navigating it. I think there, you know, there's a a mini amount of fame that comes with the the show releasing, you know. I wouldn't say I'm famous, but like, yeah, like I do get recognized in the streets. I do get recognized here quite often. It was rough starting the dating process, wondering, like, should I tell someone? Should I not? I'm like, man, I don't know if, if they're going to just like hang on to me because it's only a matter of a couple months before I launch or, you know, like before everything's noticed, we kind of blow up overnight. We go from no one knows us to a lot of people knows us millions in one night. I would imagine it being hard to navigate the, the dating waters during that because you don't know if someone's actually really trying to get to know you, who you are on the inside, mm-hmm. or just a person on TV for any type of like clout or anything like that. So it's been interesting navigating that.
3: I really enjoyed seeing like the way that you engage with some fans. Oh yeah, okay.
0: they're so
1: sweet.
2: Part Diva.
1: Pot diva even if
4: i you know i try to not respond to negative comments and tend to be really good at that but if there is i would say 99% of the time i make a joke out of it <laughs> you know i don't know like if someone says like for instance like book tipping their dog i'll just make a joke and be like no not the dog or something like that and just do like little pause or something like the dog didn't do anything <laughs> you know like just random things i try to make humor out of something like a lot of different things
3: in terms of, like, the other castmates, have you stayed
4: connected? I'm actually really good friends with Vanessa. Amazing person. We were limited to how much we saw each other, how often we saw each other with filming. A lot of those bad sides that you see of Vanessa, I was not there. I was not, like, a little fly on the wall. Um, that has a lot to do with the little love triangle thing that you see with the other couples. So I, I don't, like, I'm just kind of sitting on the outside with that. But to me, it is ironic that three couples as you knew were intertwined with each other Mm -hmm. and then you had me mildred sam and aussie that are the two couples kind of outside of all of that and we were the swap Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to imagine that right so you have like everyone kind of and then over here you have me mildred sam and aussie kind of doing a swap thing sam is when it comes to like who she's close to you know me obviously aussie and then vanessa me and Vanessa that are going to the wedding. So all I'm saying, I'm not speculating anything here or just saying anything or anything is whole car fa- facts, but it's just interesting that like Sam has a really good judgment of character. You may not, you know, not saying you, but like the public may not <laughs> really love my judgment of character, but Sam has an amazing judgment of character. And that's one of the two people she's inviting to, to her wedding. So I don't think she can be that bad person. <laughs> not going to lie during filming. A few of us did have a conversation. They thought like, hmm, it's interesting to see a couple like Aussie and Sam on this TV show. Cause like, I was thinking like Sam on this TV show. I'm like, it's almost like she's too sweet for a TV show to this for like a drama TV show. And I'm thinking like, I'm just curious. I'm just curious we all have our shit going on. But I was just kind of, I was like, hmm, I don't know what happened here. Because believe it or not, they actually were a backup couple. Cause there was one couple that pulled out and they were the ones that were put in. I love, it couldn't have happened any more beautifully. I love how it all came down and how it all laid out because now that I look back on it, I think you needed to see how emotionally intelligent and regulated Sam was during the rockiness of her relationship to use as contrast. Because I know the viewers can get so caught up in drama, but I think it's a beautiful thing now looking back, seeing how is it shown in the same drama show, it done it in a very, very healthy way. I think that was needed to kind of show balance. And also with my own personal story that came from a very tumultuous, constantly on edge relationship. And then you see me coming into the relationship with Sam, boom, right off the bat. I became a byproduct of what I'm used to. And that's where you see like the dog situation is like, yeah, we're arguing with the dog, but it's like, wasn't really arguing over the dog. Then immediately she said to me that like later after filming, like, you know, whatever just happened, like it doesn't change how I feel about you. And, you know, and I just like my walls went down when I realized like there was no combativeness back because that's what I'm just used to in the instigation and things. You see my growth process, I guess through my storyline. I think if I would have had someone that was another me or another Mildred, I don't think you would have seen my girl. Maybe it wouldn't have stand out as much. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that like she was there. Um, she definitely served very big purpose to a lot of viewers of like what can healthy stuff look like.
3: I mean, after like finding her voice
4: as well, that was really great to see her. Cause well. yeah, I know too. Taught mm-hmm. her how to speak up a little bit. <laughs> she yeah. told me how to. Calm it down, you know, and I was just like, um, Sam, like, <laughs> you should be saying something right now. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I should. So we were like just preparing for the last week of like, I would say the last two weeks of like, what are we going to be like when we go back to our partners? You know, she was like, yeah, you learn how to speak up more. And just like she became way more vocal. You were
3: raising funds for the Trevor
4: Project? When the show first came out, all weekend I did little cameo videos all weekend for Trevor Project. Um, all those profits go to Trevor Project. And then I also have like the link where I'm trying to raise a thousand dollars. I really haven't pushed it that much. There's so much going on, but I'm like halfway there. So I have a soft spot for LGBTQ youth. I mean, really anyone, you you can even be an adult, but when you're kind of under the roof of people who don't accept you for who you are, having someone there who cares is everything. Like literally it's their lifeline. I fortunately had amazing supportive parents. I was so blessed. I have no idea how I would have been able to navigate those waters without the love and support of my parents. So I can't even imagine someone not having that and also not having supportive community around them. They may be living in a very conservative area um, where they don't even have an alliance in their school or they don't even have you know, a few friends to reach out to. They may have no one. Is
3: there anything else you'd like to give or anything you want to address that hasn't been touched on?
4: Yeah. I mean, we do have a podcast. So I'm a co-host to a podcast. It's called Fweeps Podcast. It's short Friends with Benefits, but it's not the Friends with Benefits that a lot of people think. It's just a big group of friends of us, but two two of us co-host this podcast. We can have all different types types of friends, doesn't have to be sexual, but they benefit us in so many different ways. Like, This person over here could be the sweetest person that gives us support. This person over here can be a person that gives us motivation. This person over here is a person that's always putting together the group trips, you know, like everyone kind of serves its purpose. We're just so happy that we can like all cohesively work together and just be an amazing friendship. It's about damn time. They put a large, large platformed dating show, um, such as Netflix with all queer representation in the media. Like it's a long time coming, Um, you know, it was filmed in 2021, but they were probably thinking about it, I would imagine maybe around 2020. I'm just glad that I get to be a part of it and we're not here to be perfect. It's interesting how a lot of people think that, wow, is this what we really want queer representation to look like? Why be this trashy? But the way I see it is, our role in it is not to make us look perfect, We're superior or better than mainstream straight media is to make us be human, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between, because we know that all y'all that are watching at home do the same shit that we do, (laughs) (laughs) has done the same shit that we do, probably 10 times worse at some point but we just get called out for it because we're on you know like in the spotlight we represent y'all like in so many different ways don't act like you or like someone in your sapphic group or whatever hasn't fallen in love with somebody in three weeks like come on you know like everyone has done it so we're like oh my god like that happened like Only going back between two different people don't act like straight people or anyone in your friend's group has ever been confused about two people it's just there's so many different aspects of it even down to the dv i am sure that has happened that was my first case ever that like i was in shock when it happened but like keep on hearing over and over again even before the show launched like it's more common in same-sex relationships or in the queer community because it tends to be looked at in the eyes of the partners sometimes as like a fair fight, not both partners, but one partner may feel like it's a more of a fair fight. Like two men, for instance, it happens way more often and maybe it's not taken as seriously because if it was two men identifying people fighting, they might be like, oh, that's just a male fight. Like they can handle it. They can figure their shit out. Looking back on the show, how many different scenarios have happened in different 10 unique perspectives and walks of life. And then we have five couples. And then also we have a switch of five new couples. So now we're talking about 15 different perspectives, types of people and relationships and everything dynamics. I believe like all those 15 perspectives really gave us a beautiful and ugly and everything in between true picture of, sapphic or just queer culture in general like looks like i think it's awesome even though it's not perfect there was a couple of like terminologies and things like power bottom and then like who's the top who's the bottom and just like lesbian things they sprinkle that in for the queer viewers but it wasn't too 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 much the average straight person who watches in a very conservative area wouldn't be able to just understand the premise of the show It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Pod Diva.
2: And if you're an LGBTQIA person experiencing domestic violence, please do look at our show notes to find out about Gallup, the anti-LGBT plus abuse organisation that's there to help you. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every week, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
2: You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears.
1: Pod Diva.